0: Hello friends, this is the Messenger Podcast, where our goal is to develop messengers whose lies tell the story of the gospel. I'm your host, Addison Bevere. So today I've got Chris in the studio with me. Hey. How are you, Chris? Good, Addison. Good. Good. This is actually the final episode of our We Make Messenger series. We've been going at this for what? This is the fifth. The first one was messengers communicate. The second one was messengers are goal-oriented. The third one was messengers are faithful. The fourth one was messengers are honorable. And this one is what?
1: Messengers create messages. Messengers
0: create messages. And I love I that, that you're in here for this one. You do a lot with the content creation at Messenger. And so I'm looking forward to asking you some questions and picking your brain on this idea of messengers creating mm-hmm. messages. So, love the, that. so the first thing, I think when people um, think of a message, they think of something other than their life something outside their life but the most powerful message is the testimony. Absolutely. That is without a doubt the yep. most powerful message. Like if you're looking to write a message or create a message and if it's not centered in your testimony, mm-hmm. it's going to be devoid of power. Mm-hmm. So Chris, why why do you think? Why do you think the testimony is so powerful? Why do you think yep. that's the starting point of the message that is going to be the most meaningful and impactful?
1: Absolutely. Well, sh- firstly, sharing your testimony is simply sharing your story. It's sharing what God has done in you and through you. And that's what makes ultimately the essence of a powerful message. It's something that has happened to you personally. And, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is Revelation 19.10, where it says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So basically, when you share your story with someone, when you share what God has done in your life, you actually release a prophetic anointing that both imparts faith in your listener and um, to duplicate for God to duplicate what He's done in your life, and you know, for for the person you're sharing your story with, they're like, "Wow, that's amazing! God can do that for me too." It just creates a new um, realm of faith and a new playing field for what God can do in their life.
0: So, what what's an example of a testimony, a story that God? worked in your life or through your life that has become one of those prophetic declarations. Like when you have conversations with people about this and you share your testimony, you can see it in their eyes. Like you have you have put strength in their backbone. Give me an yeah, example. God is real.
1: You know, early in my faith, I had a real dramatic encounter with God and i have lost count of how many times i've shared this story I, w- I won't share it over the air right now but like you know this was a real account i heard i heard an no, no, angelic don't, don't, not don't, just don't use
0: the adjective that you use when we were having dinner with my parents oh. to describe it just don't you can share the story just don't don't use that adjective want me to share the story? i want you to share the yeah, story okay
1: well it was, I'll, I'll keep it short look i went to a meeting where i was first saved i was probably saved for two three months and lady an old real old lady prayed for me at the end and she laid hands on me and electricity was just pulsating through my body all through my body and i was trembling where i was trying to keep it together i was like i gave up because i could not control the trembling and it was coming from within and she prophesied over me that night she goes you're going to get a visitation from the lord soon i had no idea what that meant
0: two weeks you had no frame of reference no for any frame of, of, of reference
1: at all i'm like Fresh, raw, you know, I'm like just attending this meeting. I, I actually had my eyes on the girls in the choir that <laughs> night. I you know, had no expectation for God to touch my life. But anyway, he did. And she prophesied that you're going to get an expect uh, a visitation from the Lord soon. Two weeks later, I'm in my bed. I'm back in Australia this time. It was 2 and 3 in the morning. And I sat up in bed, threw off my blanket, took off my coat. It was winter in Australia at that time. And I, had, I was boiling. I, I had a temperature and I thought – Wow, well, must be getting sick or something, you know, so I sat up for a while, left my coat off, left my blanket off, and so I'm just going to lay back down, hopefully I'll fall asleep. Anyways, as soon as I lay back down and my head touched my pillow, right above me in the atmosphere, it felt like something teared open, and it, all I, the only way I could describe it was like a tornado, a boisterous sounding wind, like, but amplified, I, I can't put words to it, and Fear gripped me, but it was more my flesh was afraid because in that moment, and this is happening quicker than I can explain it, my spirit was actually anticipating something. My mind, it was thoughts racing through my mind like movie reels, moving really fast. My body just wanted to run. It was afraid. Anyways, this thing, I was pinned to my bed. I couldn't move. This thing starts to move away from me. And again, the sound of it was amazing. Then I hear a a loop sound and it turns back, hits me on the chest. My body starts to cave in. This joy permeates my whole body. And then in front of me, I couldn't see anything, but I heard a trumpet blast and an angelic voice. Now, this voice had such authority and power to it, but it was entwined with the trumpet somehow. Again, I can't explain that. But all I heard was, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. And then as soon as the words were spoken, I felt something let go of me. I, I was on my side. I got airborne landed on my feet trembling and i remember waking up my brother i was like jade holy spirit you know i remember reading that day acts chapter two there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and a so filled so the you place you had read that
0: earlier in no the day. i read that the next day the next like day. i was just okay. reading
1: Acts. i was like i'm telling you uh, since that moment i remember one year from that day i looked back and said who am i what has happened wow. to me? I remember just having a passion for the Word, that the Scriptures came alive to me. I was hungry for God. I, was just, I couldn't even hold a full-time job at that time because there was so much going on inside of me that I was like, I need to be in prayer. I need to be in the Word. I remember feeling the call to ministry. It, it was a dramatic encounter with God that changed my life, changed the trajectory. So, but, yes. Yeah, so. Wow. <laughs> That's my testimony. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I love sharing that story because God is real.
0: So, so when you're talking to someone and, and they're questioning the existence of God.
1: I pulled that one out. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh.
0: You know, and I think, I think it's great that we have intellectual conversations about God yep. and the need for God or a reason why God doesn't exist. yeah. And that has its place. Don't get me wrong. But when you can speak to the soul or to the spirit of someone, yeah. And that's where the apologetics are found, is mm-hmm. in that conversation, that dynamic. You 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 speak to places deep within them that, that resonate with the truest parts of who they are that yeah. they don't even know how to articulate. Like all of us, we really do because we were created for God. We were created for intimacy with Him. Yeah. And so when we hear something like that, that resonates with the eternity that was written on our hearts, it's hard to deny it. Gosh. It really is. And that... Perfect case in point is the power of a testimony. The testimony, yeah. So, and, and I've
1: just released the prophetic anointing that you can have that same encounter <laughs> or encounters with God. And
0: here's and here's the yeah. thing: it's going to look different. It will. Yeah, it's going it to look definitely. different for every single person. Yeah. It's so easy for us to fall prey you to comparison. Be, yeah. And honestly, Absolutely. I think that's I think that's one of the reasons um, why people's ability to convey the message, to convey what God has entrusted to them. Um, is undermined is because of comparison. Absolutely. They're comparing it to everyone else or what everyone else is doing, and that's very dangerous.
1: And I do want to share this, just because I had that encounter. That doesn't mean I'm more special, I'm more anointed or set apart than anyone else. We're all children of God. We're all saints.
0: That's right. We're all saints. Can't wait for your book, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I love it. I love it. And and I think something when we're talking about creating messages. It has to be real to you. There's so many people out there like they want to share a message just to share a message, like because that's what people Mm -hmm. do. Like we live in this world of platform. Yeah, it's like you got to have a message. You got to find a message to share. But if it's not real to you, if it's not your message, if this isn't something that's been deposited in your life, opposition will come. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll just I mean I've I'm the son of John and Lisa Bevere. I see the things that are spoken about them. Mm -hmm. And I love how Mark 4 says that the trials, the persecution, Mm -hmm. it comes for the sake of the Word. word. It comes for the sake of that seed. So it's going to come. And if you don't have that conviction, like if it's not your message, hey, this is my message, this is a Rama experience, it won't take root. And you know what will happen? You'll run. You'll run in fear. You'll compromise the message because it was never actually your message. You never took ownership of it. You never wrestled it. With it. I think that's one of the profound things about Jacob's experience with God is he wrestled with God. And after he wrestled with God, it was undeniable. Yeah. When you, you truly know?
1: carry a message, it's a burden. You know, but we'll get into that real soon.
0: Yeah. So so along those lines, so yeah. God God clearly has given you the ability to communicate. You know that. Thank you, Edison. Um, yeah, absolutely. I've seen that on your life. I mean, it's it's incredibly <laughs> evident. The things that you've done at Messenger and even before your time at Messenger, phenomenal. And I'm so excited about what you continue to step into. And Chris, you're someone, you, you've learned how to package, how to position messages. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do, you, how do you personally, how do you determine the correct medium for a message?
1: Well, there's so many platforms and mediums available to us today. I just believe you need to know where you're at with your message, because God gives us a message for us first. Before it's for anyone else, it's for us.
0: Okay, that's, that's so good.
1: Because we're so quick to get on social media and share it, and hey, I've been at fault with this. I've been at fault with this big time. I think, oh God, sharing gets something something to me. Maybe it's for my wife. Maybe it's for my brother. You know, (laughs) but like I gotta share with the world. I gotta (laughs) find a platform to share with the world. Post that. Get on Facebook. You know, but it's always for you first Mm. before it's for anyone else. Mm. And And let it be just about you for a little bit. It's okay not to tell anyone else about it. It's okay to keep it to yourself for now. And I think if I share anything about that for now, determining the right platform is first realizing that whenever God speaks to you, it's for you first. It's to be worked out in your life before it becomes a message, before it becomes a blog or a book or anything else. It's for you. That's so good. Now, they, and, uh, well, yeah. and, you know, talking about platforms yeah. as well, know what's in your hand. Yeah, like, you know, good. in the 80s, TV was the big thing. Being on TV… Now it's different. Things have shifted. We've got social media platforms where you don't need to be on these big TV programs, these big Christian channels. They're great and they're still flourishing. But you can, you know, you've got YouTube, you've got all these different platforms. It's what's in your hand and is is there a grace on it? You know, sometimes we force things. We want to be like so-and-so or we want to have their platform but know what's in your hand. And sometimes all of that takes is just having a conversation with someone. Mm -hmm. That's sometimes the greatest platform you can have. Just the people in your life. I think that's where it starts. Yeah. Like, if, it it's, has not, to. if it's
0: not real to you, like, if, if, let's say if you're out there and you're like, man, God's God's put this message in me and I gotta share it with the world, ask yourself, who have you shared it with in your world?
1: Right. If you haven't <laughs> shared your message to someone personally and you're waiting for some platform to preach or someone to invite you to their church to speak before you even, then you, you gotta, oh, we're to that, but there's like, some things in your heart you need to realize. Right. You right. know?
0: Right. And your we say this all the time, your life is a message. Absolutely. So the way we live, that's a message. And I was I was talking with my editor. So mm-hmm. the the one who worked on Saints, and we were having a conversation about when when do you know when a book is ready to be published? Yeah. Like when do you know when someone and, and I don't mean necessarily like a book's ready to be published, I more so mean like when someone has a message that's ready to be put into book form. Like when do you know it's ready? That's a good question. Yeah. And what and what she told me is she said when it's when it's real to that person when it's become a part of their lives right when when they have this conviction in them that they're going to share it and get it out there regardless of how many people interact with it it's not about like i want to write a book because i want this sense of significance or i want right. 5000 people to read it or 50000 people or a million like when it's simply i shared this Because I have a conviction that it Mm -hmm. needs to be shared. Mm -hmm. And then also the third thing was it has to go through the proper editorial process. Right. There's a lot of books floating around out there that have not gone through the proper editorial process. And honestly, it-
1: Because of all the available mediums now.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, And it just, it makes it harder to know when you get a book, like, is this actually a good final product? And, and so, if you're out there and you're considering writing a book, please make sure to do those three things. Like, it's not about the number of books you're going to sell. It's about the conviction that you have yeah, around the message. Understanding
1: your why. Why do I want why? this message yes. out there? What's its purpose? And you be know? honest about that. Yeah. If it's
0: to bolster a sense of significance, yeah. don't write.
1: Is it because you're on the preaching circuit and everyone has a book out? You yeah. Know? Is it an extra form of income? And none of these things are bad, but get to the heart of it. Why am I releasing yeah. this? And I look at the creative process if you will and i've seen this with you and saints it and forgive me ladies if this is offensive but it's like giving birth you know like there's something growing on the inside of you and if you give birth to that thing um too soon it comes out prematurely and it comes out not as developed as it should be but there's always a right time to give birth to a message yeah
0: and I, something i tell going
1: back to seed form
0: as yeah, well yeah yeah so I tell aspiring writers people are like man i, I really want to be a writer i really want to write I tell them, look, if you want to be a writer, are you number one? Are you writing right now? Right. And they're like, no, I'm not writing right now. I'm like, well, you should be. And they're right. like, well, I don't want to write until people will read what I write. Every single author, every single writer out there will tell you that they have so much stuff that no one has ever read. And so if you're like, man, I want to be a writer, I want to be an author, you need to start writing now because there's going to be stuff that you're going to write that you have to write that you need to get out of you before you write the stuff that other people will actually read.
1: Yeah. And going back to the analogy of, you know, a baby growing within the womb, it's okay to be doing this in secret. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Again, you don't need to have people seeing what you're doing. You know, it's what you do in private. Then God can use that publicly, but, um, you know, and get it out. So even if it's a sentence, even if it's a paragraph, even if it's just a journal entry, do something to start the creative process.
0: Okay. So on that note, on the creative process, yep. so we, you and I both write, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we we know how difficult the creative process can be the negative self-talk all of that that we navigate as we're creating something and this is true for anyone creating anything when you're creating something new you're going to navigate negative self-talk i mean some of the most brilliant people some of the most brilliant creators i've ever met in my life have navigated serious negative self-talk every single one of them and i look at them and i'm like you're a genius like how, how could you ever have a negative thought about yourself? Right, because right. you are a brilliant writer. You're a brilliant yeah. creator. So for you, Chris, how do you navigate that negative self-talk, especially yeah. when you're in the beginning stages right. of developing your message?
1: That's, that's, that's a good question. Um, understand that anything profound that you're going to do, anything that's of eternal significance is going to face resistance. And the, sometimes when we start to, like, you know, we just shared about just start, do something in private. The moment you do that, you're going to find resistance. It's like you think of something else you could be doing, um, you know, something. Your so Netflix easy to get on. distracted. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, and you got to understand in those moments of resistance is the moment most people p- pull away. But I would just encourage you lean into the resistance. That's the breakthrough. See that as the indicator of what you need to do, not what you shouldn't be doing. And I find that the more I lean into that, even with projects at the office, you know, where no matter what course it is, courses I'm more passionate about it. You know, there's messages I'm more prone to have a passion for than others. But like, um, I always had that sick feeling at start in my mm-hmm. gut. Like, oh, okay, here we go, the creative process again. And it looks different every time. Some things are the same, but I would just encourage you to lean into the resistance because that indicates the path you need to take and just know that, you know what, like I've, and I've shared this with you, Ad, I've compared myself to you. I've compared myself to other gifted people. Sometimes I feel very unqualified for what I'm doing, but I have to assure myself, God knows who I am. God knows what is placed in me. That's right. God's that on the leader's heart to entrust me with this stewardship with this you know task and i'm just going to tr- lean in him as i lean into the resistance i lean into his grace and i tell you the more you have that the more you do that the more you have those breakthrough moments where the creativity flows just the inspiration flows yeah. you're know, like thank god i did not give up thank yeah. god i pressed in
0: yeah no that's so good so I, I think starting at the beginning is like number one know the testimony Know your story. What is that thing that God has done in your life that is so personal and true to you? Write and about re- that. Talk write, about that. Write yeah. about it. Talk about it. And that needs that needs to be on the tip of your tongue Absolutely. for those moments when you interact with a neighbor or someone in the grocery store or whatever, where where they start reaching into like, okay, who are you as a person? And you and you get to speak from the deepest part of who you are yeah. and make connection. Like you need to be ready to do that.
1: Right. That connects more than like a three step plan or a three-step process to leading someone to jesus right like people can kind of pick up on that share your story and like and it, and when it's real it'll become real to others they're like wow this guy's genuine yeah you know yeah and we hear that with messages and different things like we're like wow this guy has walked through it like, mm-hmm. he speaks with conviction
0: yeah something bill johnson said to my dad one time yeah, when he s- when yeah. he spoke on authority at it was like at a bethel conference or something he said after my dad spoke he said i can tell that you had to navigate a really hard season of authority with a leader and a a leader dynamic because of the authority that you spoke with tonight right Right. like you can't fake that your dad's a
1: perfect example of that
0: no you can't and there is an authority that comes with going through the trial that you can only find in and through the trial that's it that's the only place that you find and i think a lot of people including myself in different seasons like it's great um, theoretical information, and don't get me wrong, like that's good. We need that. I love exploring the fringes of what I know and what I understand, but it really shouldn't be shared and communicated until it's become real. Until it's become experiential a knowledge. Part of who you are?
1: Yeah, it has to be experiential knowledge. The message—that's where the message becomes a part of you. When it's been—it's not just something you've heard or received. It's something that's been applied and worked into your yeah. life. Yeah. You know, it actually becomes a part of who you are. And it's just natural then to just speak it.
0: Yeah. I've I've seen this specifically in your life. There was a message that you used to speak, I don't know, maybe like three, four years ago. And it was a great message. And you're you're a brilliant communicator, but you've been through some things Mm -hmm. in the last couple years that have created a conviction and a Mm -hmm. firmness in you. And now when you share anything related to that topic now, I'm like, man, there's an authority, there's a power, there's a strength in what you're sharing.
1: And that goes back to what you're saying that, persecution comes for the sake of the word. And that's and it's through the experience that the word that you carry is tested. Yeah. Is this from God or not? Yeah. Is this something that's been deposited in my spirit? Because it will be uprooted yeah. otherwise. Yeah, otherwise, it will the outer shell will crack and it will start to form and will start to bear fruit yeah, in your life.
0: That's good. There's a proverb that says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Mm. I believe that God has given all of us something. He's deposited something in us that we are supposed to share with the world in some form. Right. Here's the thing that you got to start sharing now. Yeah. And as you share in whatever world you find yourself in now, your world will get larger and larger and larger as you're generous with what he's placed inside you and you really can only be generous with what you have. Right. So first you have to understand what you have. You have to work out what it means that story, that testimony, work it out, possess it, make it true, make it real to you. And then as you share and you share, and you share those opportunities to share on bigger stages mm-hmm. with more people, they grow because it's it's a promise that the world of the generous gets larger and, and larger. larger. That's how it works. Now, as far as like the actual creative process, I want to go back to that for a second. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's I, I, just, I just want everyone to hear that. Like It's hard. It I don't care how it's gifted work. you are. Yeah. I don't care how talented you are. I think we have this idea of writers or creators where it's like, they get they get struck with this inspiration and they just sit down. <laughs> I and, wish it was always like that. And they're like drinking tea in a really cool room or whatever, like whatever image you have, and like the the sun's outside, or they're in a cabin somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and there's just they're flooded with inspiration. No, that's that's not how it works. It's it's really hard work. Actually, looking at Saints, one of the um, the bits of Saints that is that is my like one of my favorite parts of the book. I I wanted to quit that day. Huh. I was on the verge of quitting. I was so frustrated, and I remember in that moment, I was like, all right, God, I set aside this time to write. Like You told me to do this. I set aside, you have got to show up, and I really prayed. I really leaned in the process, and honestly, I think I wrote some of the most beautiful prose in the whole book during that time. I remember the first time I was ever asked to do a significant writing project. My dad looked at me, and he said, hey, I want you to write a book for me. I want you to write the Holy Spirit introduction. I'll give you some notes. You need to write it, and I told him no. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, and I, I gave him actually the number and the name of another author. I was like, this ghost writer would be phenomenal. You need, to, you need to have him do it. And he's like, no, I want you to do it. And then I was like, well, it was a Friday. I was like, can you pray about it over the weekend? <laughs> and if on Monday you still want me to do it, I'll do it. And he came back to me on Monday and he said, you're, you're going to do it, and you have six weeks to write it. Wow. Six weeks? Six weeks. Wow. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I had never written a book before in my life. So I sat down to write on that Monday. a blank screen in front of me which you know you know how intimidating that is blank screen in front of me i'm sitting there and like just terror falls on me and i got up and i just started praying and i was like god i spent like the next hour just praying like god i can't do this it's like that humility like that act of humility like god i can't do this if this is going to happen only you can do it yeah an hour later i sat down and i'm not kidding you i wrote five thousand words Straight wow. through. That's not easy. Just straight through. Just.
1: But you know what? You turned up. Yeah. A lot of people are waiting for that inspiration before yeah. they turn up. Yeah. But it often doesn't work that way. Yeah. When you sit down, I believe it attracts the Holy Spirit's work. In the obedience. Life. Yeah. The act of obedience. When you commit to, okay, I'm called to write, for instance. Mm-hmm. I commit to this. God says, I can trust this guy. Yeah. You know? Um yeah, no, uh, uh, six weeks. <laughs> six weeks. It was crazy.
0: I I almost I, that, I almost like... lost my sanity. No, and and, it, and and because of that season, because of the other um, challenges that were placed in front of me with writing, when it came time for me to write my own book, I was prepared. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm not saying it wasn't a challenge, right? But I was prepared.
1: But it, it was one creative muscle exactly yeah.
0: there's one act of faithfulness one step of obedience that created capacity for greater obedience that's the thing about obedience yeah obedience always creates capacity for greater obedience yeah
1: and i love what g Je- like mark chapter 4 which we mm-hmm. mentioned is one of my favorite chapters in the bible and jesus talks about the nature of revelation and it's hidden temporarily you know but it's mm-hmm. given to those who hunger for it and he talks about that when it is revealed. He says, and I love how the amplified words, he says, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. Mm. So what are you doing with what has been revealed to you?
0: Already revealed yeah. to you. Don't be what casual are you doing? About are you just,
1: it? oh, God spoke to me. Cool, I posted it on Instagram, posted it on Facebook and left it at that. No. Okay, God, what are you saying to me? Like, uh, you know, was that a word in your spirit? Ponder it. Pray it in. Pray about it. God, what are you, what are you? What are you saying to me? Is this something, you you know, that's going to happen? Or like pray into it, like kind of nurture that word, give thought and study to it and watch more come back to you. It's kind of like if you're talking to someone and you're sharing something personal and you notice that they're disengaged, disinterested, distracted with something, are you going to keep talking to them? You're going to keep sharing with them? Anyone in their right mind wouldn't. No. Oh, God, this guy's just, you know, disengaged. He's he's off. He's off somewhere else. He's not listening. God's no different. And that's why we need to be practicing active listening in our lifestyle. Just ha- carrying it throughout the day. God, I'm listening. I'm yeah. here. I'm speak- yeah. you're, sp- you're speaking. I'm here to listen. Yeah,
0: that's so good. I, I heard someone say a while ago as a leadership expert, and he was talking about setting goals. And he said one of the tendencies when we're starting a new year and we're excited about a new goal is to jump on social media and share it. And he said that's one of the worst things that you can do because you actually get a, a sense of like, I completed a task, like I'm on task when you share it. Yeah. That will actually confuse your process. Huh. And he said, you actually need to keep that and really chew on it. Yeah. Really think that about it. Meditation. The, and yeah. and only, share, only share it with a couple key people who are going to be able to speak into your life and hold you accountable. Um, but don't get out and share it with everyone. And I think that's what you were talking about earlier. Like when right. God gives you something precious, don't just share it. Right. Like, take some time to really like, understand from what it what it means. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's like Joseph, for instance. We talked about him during the last episode or two episodes ago. It took time for him to really understand the significance of the dream. Yeah. It took 20 years from the moment when God gave him the dream to the moment his brothers were standing before him for him to really understand the significance of the dream, even though that revelation was given to him when he was 17 years old. And we have this tendency that God gives us something precious, and it's like, we gotta validate ourselves by getting it out in the world and sharing it. What we're saying is take the time, go through the process, and commit to the process. So so some practical things, to recap, some practical things that people can do is, number one, take the time to really chew on what God's given to you. And I think as you're chewing on it, you'll see how you're supposed to share it. Yeah, That's it will. starts to formulate. It does. Yeah. It's like whether that's you know whether that's a book, a blog, a post, podcast, video, whatever it is, like it'll start to take form because yeah. you're going to see the revelation through the light of something bigger than you. You're going to view it through the lens of I'm a messenger and I'm supposed to share this with my world. And going to the second point, we shared a while ago, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. So just share with the people who are most intimate to you and let that grow And grow and grow. They'll give you feedback. Those people that are closest to you, they're going to love you the most. They're going to help you the most. Share it with them first because the wider your audience gets, the more people you speak to, the more criticism you're going to run into. And that's when you really need to have conviction in whatever God has spoken to you. Yeah,
1: and that helps you carve out your message even more. It does. You know, the more you share it, the more like you learn as you teach. Absolutely. The best way to learn is to teach. Yeah. And like there's so many times, you know, we, we have the gatherings at messenger. I'll share a message and I'm there wanting to take notes, you know, as I'm sharing. And I'm like, I'll, I'll go do that afterwards. Yeah. But I'm like, man, this is opening up even more. And as I'm faithful to share, God pours in more. Yes, uh, My container enlarges.
0: It does. And that, and and I think that's huge what you just shared. Your container will enlarge. It's a small act of obedience. So yeah. I ask God, what do you ask me to do now, today, to steward the message? Don't think All about right. what that's going to look like five years from now, 10 years from now. I couldn't have known. Five years ago, what I would be doing right now with saints, right. like I, I just, I, I couldn't have. But that act of obedience those, of
1: the Holy Spirit opened up something each, in you. Each
0: yeah. act of obedience opened the capacity for me yep. to obey to a greater degree, and also to see things that I couldn't otherwise.
1: See. Don't despise the day of small beginnings.
0: And really, when we're looking at this idea of creating messages, like you yep. will start with something small. Yeah. Share, share that message, and watch. The message grow, but again, going back to which it's so important. Though, that it's first; it's real to you. Yeah, it's a part of who you are. Yep. And as you internalize it, as you wrestle with it, it'll become more and more real to you. Take the time for the message to become real to you at the beginning before you yeah. share it with others. Chris, thank you for the time today. Absolutely, you're amazing. Absolutely, you are a messenger. Thank you, man. I lo- honestly, like I love that my life gets to intersect with yours, yeah, and that I get voice. to benefit from the messages that God has placed on your life. Thank you, Ed. Absolutely, bro. I want to highlight a quick review here from a listener. So, hey, if you're out there and you haven't written a review or if you haven't subscribed, please do so. It helps us get these messages into the hands of people all over the world. We have more and more people engaging with the podcast, and so we want to thank you, our listeners, for helping get yeah. these messages out. But today's review comes from Valerie. Valerie wrote, Hello, so grateful for all these podcasts and the words spoken in each one. My favorite is the episode about trusting in God. I love the emphasis on staying rooted and firm even when your feelings or desires don't follow. This can be applied to so many areas of my life. Trust the process, which we were just talking about today. I would love to read the book called The Rest of God. Valerie, thank you so much for writing. And as you guys write reviews, let us know what your favorite episode was. Let us know what you want to hear from us. Um, Let us know some of the favorite things that we highlighted in different episodes, because that does help us as we go forward and, and build shows. And then also, uh, you guys have heard us talk about this, but All Access, our discipleship community. We've got over 3,000 people in there. It's an amazing place. There's coaching, there's community, there's great content for you to learn from. We've got stuff on hearing God, stuff on renewing your mind, finances, honor, authority, relationship. I mean, it's just, we've got tons of stuff on there. We add new stuff every month. So check it out. And because you listen to the podcast, you get a free month. So go to messengerpodcast.com forward slash all access. That's messengerpodcast.com forward slash all access to get your free trial. Chris, you got anything else before I let let him go? Yeah,
1: look, I just – one final thought is –
0: I felt like you had a final thought. I could see it in your eyes. Yeah,
1: look, I just encourage you guys. This thing isn't complicated. You know, learn to hear God's voice for yourself. We have a course on all access for hearing God, so check it out. But learn to hear God's voice for yourself. And this will be the difference between being a voice and being an echo. Where being a voice is when your message carries substance because it's firsthand revelation rather than just secondhand revelation of something you heard online or off a podcast even. Learn to hear God's voice for yourself. That's so good, bro.
0: And everyone out there, thank you so much for tuning in. And as we leave you today, remember that you are a messenger to the people in your world. That's why what we're talking about today is so important, because you are a messenger. Your life is a message. So lean into God's grace and watch your world change. Until next time.
1: Thanks for listening to The Messenger Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. And be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, and through our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.